0: Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church Dundalk. We're going to get back to our series on being led by the Spirit, how the Holy Ghost leads His people, how the Holy Ghost leads His children, amen? And praise the Lord, I'm telling you, I, I love this topic. I'm, we're going to spend some time in, in this series as we already have spent some time. In it. We're going to continue on for several more weeks here. Why? Because it's probably one of the most misunderstood things in the body of Christ. It's one of the most misunderstood things. People have no clue. The church has no clue that our God desires to lead us. He desires to direct us. He desires to make a path for us and help us follow it, amen? You say, well, well, why is that confused? Because most people think everything's by the sovereignty of God, amen? That everything's by the sovereignty of God. That everything happens, it's happening for a reason. Everything, everything, God, God's lined this up. If you got sick, God lined that up. If you, if you got into ministry, God lined that up. If you, if you did this, God lined that up. And I'm telling you, I'm, oh, oh Lord, I'm telling you, the sovereignty doctrine, and I'm telling you, it is, it is making a, a push back into the church at like full steam ahead right now. And I'm telling you, it's one of the most dangerous doctrines in the church. It is one of the most dangerous doctrines in the church. You say, why is that? Because it it leaves you powerless. It leaves you without authority. For when things come up against you, you're like, oh, well, I guess God did that. No, God didn't do that. Amen. God is not setting you up for failure. God is not setting you up to get get your brains bashed in by the adversary on a daily basis. Now, he provided the exit for us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us his word. He gave us a church. He gave us Jesus. He gave us everything we need to be successful, church. Everything. Everything you need to be successful. He has already provided it for us. You say, well, don't you believe in the sovereignty of God? Absolutely, I do. I believe that he is God. There is no deity other than the God himself. There there is no other king of kings and Lord of lords. There is no other Holy Spirit. There is no other God besides Yahweh. Yes, I believe that. But no, I don't believe he controls everything here on this earth. Hello? Now, I don't believe that he controls everything here on this earth. I'm telling you, church, we need to get out of that position and learn that he has given that authority over to us here on this earth. He has given us the authority here on this earth to make, make a way to listen to the Holy Ghost, to listen to the Word of God, to rebuke devils, to cast out sickness, to, to heal the sick. Church, this, this is our job. This is, this is the calling upon the church. It's not just a calling on a few Pentecostal preachers. This is a calling for the body, the body of Christ. This is what he's given to us. His words never changed. Signs will follow the what? The pastor? Signs are going to follow the evangelist? No, signs are going to follow someone who believes. You know, see, our our point is we got to get into that place where we believe, amen, and stop waiting on God. God, just do something. God, just do something. God, just know God's already done it, church. He's already done it. He's given us everything we need. Everything. He, he, he left nothing out. He gave everything you need. He's left nothing out. Let me say that again. He has given you everything you need to be victorious here. He left nothing out. He left nothing out. We just got to begin to get to the place where we believe it. Because I'm telling you, church, if God, if God is in charge, if he's in, in control of everything on here, I'm telling you, it's like, it's like boy, boy, God, take a look at the state of it. I mean, I can see Donna saying something like that. Look at the state of it. You know, look, look at the state of this world. And we're saying, God's in control of this? That's the biggest criticism I've ever heard to my daddy, my father, the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells within it, saying, you are in control of this mess. Have you seen the United States here lately? God, have you you seen these things going on over there? They're killing cops, they're killing people. We have over 60 million abortions in that nation. God, what are you doing? Are you in control over that? No, he's not. No, he's not. Lord, have you seen your nation? Have you seen Israel? The most liberal country probably in the world right now. Have you seen them? Lord, Lord, why 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 are you why are you allowing them to do that? He's not allowing them to do that. Lord, have you seen Europe? This this amazing continent we all live in, it's probably in the greatest dark ages it's ever been in. And the sad thing is, most of the people don't even notice it. Oh, because we got money coming through. We We got different things coming through Europe. But I'm telling you, we're in the greatest dark ages in Europe that has ever been. People wouldn't know Jesus if he came and sat next to them. Amen. We need to wake up church and we need to begin to do the job that God has called us to do. Cause I'm telling you, God is not in control of all things. He's not, he's not church. We need to come to this realization. He is not in control. Yes. Okay. Yes. He is control of dispensations. Yes, he has, he, has, he has provided provision. Yes, he has, he, has tossed, he has provided healing. Yes, he has done many things for us here on this earth. But I'm telling you, you know, well, I'll go back to that. Listen, in, in the dispensations that we have here, you know, there are some things you can't change, right? There's very few things that you can do nothing about, right? One of them is the dispensations here on this earth. You know, God, you know there's nothing you could have done. There's nothing humanity could have done to stop Jesus coming down this earth and redeeming us. There's nothing you could have done to stop that. There's nothing you can do. There is nothing you could do to stop him getting on the cross. He gave himself for that. There's nothing you could do to stop him coming back for his church. There's nothing you can do to stop the rapture. There's nothing you can do to stop the tribulation. There's nothing you can do to stop his millennial reign. There's nothing you can do to stop the new Jerusalem coming down and we reigning and living on on this earth for eternity. There's nothing you can do to stop that. I mean, there's nothing you can do to stop those things. You say, why is that? For 11's, uh, uh, Hebrews 11.3 says that he, he framed the ages. He, he framed the dispensations by what? By the word. He spoke these things into existence, and there they are. But the same thing he spoke into, resist, into existence is with our healing. The same thing he spoke into existence was with our provision. He already has provided these things for each and every one of us. We can't. But the difference is you can't stop that, but you can miss the things that he provided for us. Did I make that clear enough? So you can't stop the provision he's already made for you, but you can miss it. See, so you can't stop the healing that's already been placed on the inside of you, but you can miss it. See, you can't stop the calling and destiny that's on your life. You know, Jason and Dean, you can't stop the calling and the destiny that's on your life. He called you before you were born. But see, you can miss it. See, you can miss it. Amen. But you can't stop it. But you but you can miss these things if you don't if you don't allow yourself to yield until what the Lord has. I mean, we can miss salvation. He has provided. How many of y'all know that that the Lord has provided salvation for every single person here on this earth? Not just not just people sitting here, every person on these streets out here, he provided salvation for them. You know, he's, he's relying on us to go minister the word, to reconcile them back into a God that loves them. He's already provided it. He's already provided them to be saved, but they, gotta learn, they just gotta know they gotta take it. It's as simple as that. See, so there's nothing you can stop that, but we, we can miss it. But we can miss it. Amen, we can miss these things that God has for us. We gotta stop looking church and analyzing everything with what we see with our minds, what we see with our eyes, what we feel, what we think. And we got to get away from those things and allow the word to become our, our, our core value, if you will, in everything in our lives. Amen. That the leading of the spirit and the word has to become our core value that stops us, that will mm, that, stop us and allow us to, to progress in everything that we're doing. You know, not many people would say this, not, you know, at least I've never heard it, at least not intentionally, but people would say, no one would say, Hey pastor, don't worry about that. I live, I live by sight. I don't live by faith. Have you ever heard someone say that and mean it I mean, without just getting it backwards on accident? No, no one's going to say that. Why? Because they, because know what the word says that they've heard that and preached in these circles for, for years and years and years. No one's going to say that, but I'm telling you what your actions prove you out to be a liar. The things that you believe, because that's, that's the things that begin to manifest in your life, because those are the things that you're walking in, the things that you are doing, amen, show exactly what you believe. See, your mouth doesn't always show what you believe, amen? But see, when we when, when the faith rises up on the inside of us and then these words come out, then that's when the power gets released, whether it's good or bad. You yeah, I'm not talking about just great things, just, you know, healing. I'm talking about you want to speak sickness on your body and you believe it? Church, you're going to get it. Why? Because when we believe something, we confess it. That's our, that's our action. That's our work of faith is our confection. Amen. And then it allows those things to manifest. It gives power unto those things. And they begin to manifest in our life. Amen. I guess huh, I guess where I'm going with this today is, church, we need to stop believing that God just saved us. That God just saved us from the pit of hell. And that's all that salvation means. Because there's so much more to salvation than just getting your getting your get out of hell free card. I mean there's so that, that, that is just the beginning. Now that stuff ought to be pushed to the side, because praise God, i got a whole new life in front of me. And it's a whole new life full of the Word, a whole new life full of the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a full new life in and, and healing and prosperity and joy and peace and compassion and the goodness of God flowing through each and every one of us. But church, we've got to get to that place where we're grabbing hold of it. We're going to have to get to that place where we grab a hold of it. I mean, is Jesus enough? I mean, see, this is a question we need to ask. You know, is is Jesus enough? Is your sacrifice that you provided on the cross for is it enough, or do I need that plus seeing this take place over here before I believe it? Hmm? Huh? Is He enough? Is the Holy Ghost enough? Is the spirit of God that lives on the inside of you, church, how many of y'all know you are a temple of the living God? You don't have to go to Jerusalem to go into the temple. You are the temple now. Is the Holy Ghost enough? I'm telling you, Jesus said it was. Jesus himself said, I'm going to have to leave this place because if I don't leave here, you can't have the comforter. If I don't leave that, Jesus himself, if I don't leave this place, I can't give you the same power that's going to raise me from the dead. I can't give you the same power to do the same things that I do and even greater things. If I don't leave this place, you can't have him. Is he enough? Hmm? Is the Holy Ghost enough or is it the Holy Ghost plus something? Is it the Holy Ghost plus what I thought? Is it the Holy Ghost plus this book I read? Is it the Holy Ghost plus my opinions Hmm. Church, we, we got to get to that place where we understand that, that he is faithful. Amen. Uh, this scripture I would, uh, I, I would say over myself in Philippians every day, be confident in this very thing that he that he has performed, he is that began a good work in us. He will perform it. He will, he will finish it. He will complete it. He's never going to leave you astray. He's never going to guide you by the hand if you allow it. He is faithful to complete it in us. He will. But we got to know these things. I mean, our God's a good God. He's a good God. He's not, gonna, he's not, he's not a God that's going to lead you into, 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 into temptation. He's not going to lead you into problems. Amen? He will lead you into exit. He will lead you into, into his goodness. He will lead you into intimacy. Hmm? He will lead you into the exit if you allow him. Amen? He will lead us into his providence. He'll lead us into trust. He'll lead us in compassion and love if we yield to it. If we yield to it. How does he do it, church? How does he do it? It's what we've been talking about for the last several weeks. He does it by his spirit. He does it by the word, and he does it by his spirit. He does it by the word, and he does it by the spirit. And in John 16, 13, it says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. You know, the unique thing about, about all in the Greek, you know what it means? It means all. It's all compensing. I mean, there, there's, there's nothing outside of it. It includes all. It says that he will guide you into all truth. Who's going to guide you into all truth? The Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost will guide you into all truth. He'll, he will not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things that come. Now, he's not going to show you all things that are going to come, but he will show you things that come. You say, well, why didn't he show me everything? Because he requires you to live by faith. Amen. But he will lead you, he will, he'll direct you, and he'll guide you into all things. Why? Romans eight fourteen says, what? As many of them are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Many are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God, as the Passion Translation says, which would probably be my favorite. It says, the mature children of God are those that are led by the impulses of the Holy Ghost. By the impulses, not the, not the, not the I'm going to jerk and I'm going to grab you and I'm going to push you in one direction or another. No, it's just the impulses. When the Spirit of God gives us an impulse, we, we move with it, we flow with it. That's the sign of maturity in a Christian. That's the sign of maturity. When the Holy Ghost directs us or guides us into anything, we don't question it. We don't push back in it. We don't go ask a million people to pray with us. What do we do? We act on it. We act on it. And what does that do? That keeps us out of trouble. Amen. I mean, I know the Lord is trying to keep us out of trouble. The Lord never said that we are going to be led by our flesh. He never said to be led by pains or led by circumstances. He, he never said be led by your soul. Amen? Never be led by your, he's not saying you need to be led by your emotions or your, or your intellect. Church, he never said you need to be led by your opinions. I mean, you know that. You never need to be led by your opinions. I, I, see, I learned this uh, young in, in ministry, that, that if, you, if you allow your, your opinions to get tossed in the bin and replace them with, with this and everything, you say, well, well I, I, I need to know what to think. I need to, no, no, you don't need to think. You don't need to have any opinions. What you need to have is this. This needs to be your answer for everything in the kingdom of God. When you have a question, you go to this, and you go to this, the Spirit of God. This this needs to to be your your core in everything you do, not your opinions. Your opinions are absolute rubbish. They change. The Word of God never changes. The Word of God never changes. I don't care about your opinions. Amen. I don't care about my own opinions. When I start speaking out my own opinions, I can hear the Holy Ghost saying, shut up. Your opinions mean nothing, you yeah. know? What does the Word say? What does the Word say? What does the Word say? What is the Spirit of God leading us into, amen? Because I'm telling you, if you, will, if you will allow the Spirit of God to lead you those, and, and not allow your opinions and circumstances to lead you, you'll find yourself victorious in everything you do. I don't mean just once or, once or twice in your life. I'm telling you, everything you do, you'll be in victory. Why is that? Because he's going to lead you down the path. He, he sees the things that are coming to ensnare you. He sees the things that are coming to harm you. But we got to come to that place where we hear from him. Amen. Now, how does God do this? How does he lead us? We know that he'll always lead us by his spirit. That's what the word says. He'll always lead us by the inward witness. He'll always lead us by the still small voice. Now, he will never, remember, the Lord will never lead us by the prophets. He'll never lead us by the gifts of the Spirit. He never leads us by your gifting and your calling. He never leads us by fleeces. He never leads us by our intellect. He never leads us by our reasoning. But he will always lead us by the Holy Spirit. He will always lead us by the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, he sometimes will lead us by an angelic visit. He'll sometimes lead you by a dream. He'll sometimes lead you by a vision. He'll sometimes lead you by the authoritative voice of the Holy Ghost. But, but these are rare things and rare aspects of how he leads us. You say, what does that mean? It means he might lead us this way. It is not, it is not the norm on how he decides to lead us. Why? Because he wants to lead us by the Spirit. He wants us to be so in tune with the Spirit that it's like we're, we're, we're walking in a dance and everything we're doing, we're dancing with the Spirit of God, never, never stepping on his feet, amen, just, just, just dancing with him, moving, directing, coming in and out of this circumstance into another circumstance, and not even paying attention. Why? Because you're just listening to the Holy Ghost, just flowing with what the Spirit of God wants you to do. But see, that takes intimacy. That takes a trust. It takes faith to trust that the Holy Ghost isn't going to lead you into a problem. He's not going to lead you into sickness and disease. He's not going to lead you to get fired from your job. Amen? He'll lead you into goodness. He's going to lead you into everything that he has for each and every one of you. Now, we talked about last week. I guess it's been a couple of weeks now, the angelic visits. We talked about dreams, amen, and praise God for those two things. But we know that God doesn't always lead us by those. He only leads us by his spirit, only by his spirit. In Acts 2.15, it says, And it shall come to pass in those days, says the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall pros- uh, prophesy, your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Amen, does this, does this pertain just to, to the physical aspect of if you're old, you can have a dream and if you're young, you can have a vision? Now remember everything in the word, everything with a thing as a God, we need to look at things through our spiritual eyes. Amen. Here with our spiritual ears. So, so what could this be talking about too? Well, the spiritual immature, the spiritual young can do what? They'll be able to have visions. They'll be able to have, why? Because God says that they're useful. <laughs> just because you're a baby in the things of God doesn't mean that God can't use you. He can't direct you. He can't lead you. He can't help you. He can't use you to get someone saved. Doesn't mean that gift of the spirit can't operate through you. Amen. And in the, in our older people, the people that have found that rest in the things of God, the people that, that have found that position where they're, they're comfortable in the move, you know, God would still give them dreams. Why? Because he's not done with them yet either. Amen, they're here to train up a next generation. They're here to train up people to move forward in what the Lord would have us to do. Amen? Why? Because God doesn't lead us by our age. He doesn't care about your age. Amen? He leads those who are willing to be led. Amen. Are you willing to be led? See that, that that's how the Lord's gonna lead you. Not because how long I've been in church for 30 years. Yeah, well, you still are not being led by the Spirit. Amen. Why? Because you don't have the desire to do it. Because you because you haven't gotten that place of intimacy with them. Amen. Let's let's begin to be led by the Spirit of God. Had that desire. Allow these to, to provoke an interest on each and every one of us to be led by them. Now listen, in uh 1 Samuel 3, 1 we'll find here that God will sometimes lead us by visions. And in 1 Samuel 3, 1, it says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those, in those days, or a better translation would say, the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no open vision." And there was no open vision. Now, we'll, now we will talk here, probably uh, looking at time, we'll probably talk next week about, about the, the word of the Lord, the authoritative voice of the Holy Ghost coming upon me. He says, in these days, in the days that Eli, when he, was, when he was a priest, when he was the one leading, he was training up Samuel. In these days, he says, that the word of the Lord's there are rare and there was no open visions. Now, why is that? Because the spiritual climate in Israel was painted. Was it, was, it wasn't in a good place. I mean, it's not because God doesn't, didn't want to lead them. It's not because he didn't want to give them visions. It's not because he didn't want to have a word spoken to them. It's the people weren't hearing and the people didn't, the spiritual climate was very weak in those days, and they couldn't hear you say, well, how can I say that? Well, because when, when Samuel came to age, everything changed. Much visions came through, much words the Lord came forth. You remember we talked about that when, when Samuel came into, uh, the prophet Samuel came into uh, Bethlehem to anoint David as king, right? Everyone's like, oh, my Lord, what are you coming here? Why are you coming here? You know why? Because when he spoke, everything took place. When, when he spoke that there is an issue that's fixing to take place, because y'all, y'all, y'all haven't repented yet. I'm t- those things took place. When he, when he spoke forth a blessing upon a place, that blessing took place. Why? Because he could hear from the Lord. Amen. The spiritual climate was, was hooked back up church. This, you know, we are kind of, the church nowadays is in that place where Israel was under, under Eli's leadership. Amen. We have a hard time hearing from the things of God. It's not, we have a hard time having the gifts of the spirit flowing throughout every church that, that's around. We have a hard time for things to be manufactured. Why? It's not because God doesn't want to move. It's not because God doesn't want revival to break loose. It's not because God doesn't want people healed. It's not because God doesn't want tongues, and interpretations of tongues and prophecies to go forth. No, we're spiritually weak. The, the spiritual climate in the church is very soft. Amen? And I'm telling you, it's time to, to tie those shoes on a little bit tighter. Amen? To tie them on a little bit tighter to see what the Lord would have for each and every one of us. Amen? I'm telling you, we need to get... We need to get consecrated to the things of God. Amen? How many of y'all know consecration is not a bad word? You know, what, 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 what does the word consecration mean? It means literally being associated with the sacred. It means dedicated. You know, in modern terms, it means sold out. You know, we need to get sold out to the things of God. And I'm telling you, you will see God move through you like you never have before. When you, when you, when you quit straddling that line, Amen? It's like this column right here. Quit straddling that column. Either make a choice to to step on in, amen, or make the choice to be a weak Christian. Amen? But one, I'm telling you, over here, where this water's good, it's nice and warm over here. I mean, this is where the power is. This is where the goodness of God is. This is where your provision's going to be met. This is where gifts of the Spirit are going to be in operation in you. This is where everything that you ever dared to dream possible will come into fruition in your life, but you're going to have to make that step. He's not going to do it for you. You're going to have to make the step. We're going to have to make the choice to step into what God has for each and every one of us. So, so what are the visions? Now, most people say when we have a vision, they, they just put all visions in the same category, and that's not necessarily the way the Word describes it. The Word describes three different types of visions we can have. Amen? It describes open visions, trances, and then spiritual visions we can have. Now, now real quickly, I want to go over each and, uh, all three of these, and, and that should probably clean us up for the service. Amen? So... So, what is an open vision? An open vision is the highest level of a vision, and it's the most rare vision that, that people in the church, you know, the body of Christ will have. You say, why is that? Because all of our senses are open. All five of your senses are open when you are in an open vision. Amen? Meaning you can taste, you can see, you can smell. You know, you're, you're looking like with your physical eyes. It's like you're, 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 you step off into the, the natural. It's so real that the people around you, that you would think the people around you are in it with you. That they will hear the things you hear. They're seeing the things you hear. Why? Because you are, you are in it. <laughs> Amen? It's a uh, 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 you'll have no doubt of of what's going on, but all your senses will be intact at this time. I I look at... uh I look at the Book of Revelations probably as the, the greatest example of this. Amen. When John he came and spoke with Jesus, Jesus, you know, to start talking to him about the about the you know the letters he needed to give to the church and, and some of the great things they're doing, some of the good things they weren't doing. I'm gonna tell you, I'm telling you, we've been talking about that on Wednesday. If y'all haven't been if you haven't been coming out, I encourage you to come out. Man, I'm telling you, these these letters are powerful. Amen. They're powerful words. But but Jesus spoke to him, I mean, just like just like I'm speaking to you today. Amen? But it was in a vision. Amen? And Jesus said, come on up here. And he started showing them things that are going to come. He showed them showed things that are going to happen during the tribulation. He showed them things that are going to happen in the millennial reign. Things that are going to happen with the new, new Jerusalem. He showed them things that are going to happen. And he had all the senses going on. You say, well, how, how do I know that? Well, in Revelation chapter 20, you'll see that one of the angels said, John, go, go grab that, that, that scroll from the Lord and eat it. It's going to be sweet to your mouth. It's going to make your, it's going to make your stomach bitter. Amen. So what did he do? He went. He grabbed the scroll and he ate it. And what happened? It was sweet like honey in his mouth, and then it was bitter into his stomach. He had those senses. He could taste these things. He could sense these things. These things were literally taking place. Amen. In the vision. In the vision. In the vision. It is called an open vision. The second one we have is a trance. Amen. Now let me me read you a little bit on this. I'm already there in Acts chapter ten. Amen. A trance. I'll start in uh, verse nine here. It says, "On the morrow, on the morrow, as they went on their journey, they drew nine to the city." He goes, "Peter went up upon the house top to pray upon the sixth hour, about noon." He says, "And he became very hungry, and he would have eaten, but he, uh, but as they made ready, he goes, he fell into a trance." He goes, and he saw the heavens opened up and certain vessels descending upon him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and it let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of, of the earth, all wild beasts, the uh, creepy things and the fowls of the air. He goes, they, and there came a voice to him and said, rise, Peter, slay and eat. Arise, Peter, kill and eat. It says, but Peter said, not so, Lord. I have not eaten anything that is, that is common or unclean. And the Lord spoke to him and said "said again the second time, what God has cleansed, you call not common. And he said this was done three times, amen? Why? Because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Now, now why did... Why did God give him this vision? Why, why, why did he initially have this vision to come upon him? Well, it was simple. He was, he was leading them to something that never, that never was done before. How many of y'all know that, that at this time, this was nine years after Jesus has already left, and they still have not ministered into the Gentiles? They still they still would not minister to the Gentiles. Why? Because it was against their religion. It was against the things that they, they believed in the past. They didn't think, I mean, we couldn't go to the Gentiles. We couldn't commune with the Gentiles. We weren't going to talk with them. So what did Jesus do? He came down and gave them a vision and said, listen, the things that I've cleansed, don't you dare have the audacity to say that they're not clean." Don't you dare do those things. He goes, I've called them clean. Don't you call them dirty anymore. And then what do we know? We know that Cornelius' men came came to him, and the Holy Ghost said, you go with them. He says, okay, that's good. I have no problem going with the Gentiles now. I'm not going to call these people dirty. We know they, got, they, they, they heard the word of the Lord and got filled up with the Holy Ghost. It was a, pow- a powerful opportunity, but God had to, make, he had to make that spectacular. He had to, he had to pour something into them to where it, he... It, something got stamped upon his heart that he knew that what I'm going to do is right. Amen. I'm not. I'm not stepping outside of what Jesus needed to get his attention. Why? Because he obviously wasn't listening to what the Holy Ghost has been telling him for the nine years prior to that. Amen. So he gave him a trance. Amen. And praise God for it. Now listen. Uh, well, yeah, in verse ten here. It says, and he became very hungry, and he would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Now listen, he was, he was, up, he was up on the rooftop praying, amen, and he was hungry. He, you know, he had a sense, he was hungry, he would have went down to eat, but what happened? He, he, fell, he fell into a trance. God uh, put him into a trance. This was the vision that he had. Now, now what does a trance look like? A trance, unlike open vision, you can have your eyes open or your eyes closed, amen, but you don't have any any control over your senses at that time, your senses will be, will be numbed or they'll be, they'll be dead, if, if, you, if you understand what I'm trying to say. You're, you're, it's just like what you think when you're seeing a person in a trance, you know, it's kind of, those people are just like, you know, in, in a trance, like, you know, that's, that's exactly what took place in this, you know. Uh, Pastor Mark Brzee, he, he tells a story about this lady that, that, had a, a, that had a vision, that had this trance right in the middle of one of his one of, one of his messages. The Holy Ghost was moving. It was powerful. And he, this lady and his wife, she was, help, you know, how like most people do, she was holding onto the chair right in front of her, right? And, and when the power of God came upon her, she she fell over and just knocked, knocked over about three or four chairs with her, while her husband looked over and her eyes were wide open just sitting there looking, but she was checked out. She was gone, right? And, and he was kind of just moving his hand in front of her, and, you know, she was breathing, everything was going all right, but she was she was checked out. She was gone. You know, and about 30, 45 minutes later, you know, she she came back to herself. She's like, oh, oh my Lord, I just met Jesus. You know, I just met Jesus and, and, and she laid out some of the things that Jesus was telling her that she needed to do and so on and so forth. But it was powerful. She was, she was in a trance, right? God did that to, to grab a hold of her, to get her attention on something. So he, he put her in a trance. This is a vision. It's where our senses are suspended. Amen. Now, the last one we have, we have open visions. We have trances. And then we have a spiritual vision. Spiritual vision would be the most common vision that that. that, that the body of Christ would have that we would have. When people talk about visions, this is usually what they have. It is, it is considered an open vision. It, it is the common, but just because it's common doesn't mean it's any less of value. Amen? Now, one of these isn't more important than the other. They're all equally important, just one happens more often than the other. Now, now a spiritual vision is, a cl- is probably, I could probably describe it as the closest thing is God giving us revelation in our heart. Amen. God just dropping something down our heart. It can happen at any time at anywhere. Anytime, you know, you close your eyes, God can, God can reveal something to you, amen, by a vision. He can also speak something to you. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of on that same level, just like how he will lead you by the still small voice. You can have that slight picture when you close your eyes and something happens. You know, you know, uh, Many times after we get, you know, we're, we just get done with worship and we're praying before we get, the, we get the service started, you know, sometimes a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge will come to me by a vision. Meaning, as, I, as I'm praying, I have my eyes closed, I'll see something that, that, that takes place. Not, not something super in detail, but, but I can just see it. So what I do. I just speak it out. But he doesn't always do it that way. Sometimes he, he, he speaks it to me. You know, someone has this problem, tell them to come up and get prayed. Amen. You get to get prayed for and get delivered. You know, it can happen either way, but it is as simple as that. It is, it is as minor as that. And when we close our eyes, it will allow something good to take place there. Now, now flip back one chapter here. How am I doing on time? I'm doing all right, I guess. And then, yeah, Acts chapter 9. I'm, I'm just going to start with verse, verse 1 here. It says, and Saul, he said, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. He says, he went, he went unto the high priests and they desired of them letters to Damascus uh, of the synagogue that he uh, found any of the way or any of the Christians, whether they be men or women, that he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And he journeyed and he came near Damascus and suddenly, thank God for the suddenlies, suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell down to the earth and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now I can't ever talk about this verse without mentioning this. How powerful is it that he, that uh, the Lord came to Saul. Amen. He said, why are you persecuting me? Have you ever thought about that? You know, Saul wasn't going trying to put Jesus in jail. He wasn't going to trying to kill Jesus, but, but he was going to try and go against his church. Amen. Against Jesus. See, Jesus considers his church part of him. Why? The Lord says he's put all things underneath his feet. He's given him to be head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all, right? Jesus, when when he sees persecution come against his church, It's coming against him. He takes it like it's coming against him. see, I'm telling you guys, this is why we need to keep our mouths off of our brothers and sisters, amen? We need to keep our mouths off of churches just because they don't have the same revelation we have, just because they do things a little bit differently than we have. I'm telling you, these are sons and daughters of God, amen? We need to keep our mouth off the body of Christ. Why? Because you're putting your mouth on Jesus. Jesus sees it as you're, you're speaking to him. You're criticizing him. Why? It's his body. It's his body, Amen. Allow ourselves to exercise love in our walk. Amen. He says, He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, "Who are you, Lord?" And the Lord said, "I am Jesus. Who you're, who you're persecuting? It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. It's hard for you to kick against the, the goads. I like how the, the the Amplified says it's dangerous, and it will not turn out, ba- and it will turn out badly for you if you keep kicking against the goad to, to offer a vain and perilous resistance. You know what is he talking about when he's talking about a prick here?" or a goat or whatever. It's talking about cattle prod is, is what this is. You know, like a, like a long stick with a blunt edge that you, that you could poke and you could push cattle and, into one direction or another. You know, back in Texas, I don't know if y'all do this over here, but we would have a little electric thing on the end of it to where you touch the cow, it gives them, it gives them just a slight little pop and it gets them moving in the right direction. Why? Because they don't want to go in the direction that you're telling them to. And they weigh 700 pounds and I weigh 200. Amen? So what do you do you 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 give them some uh, incentive to move in the right direction, to get into that cell barn, to get into that chute, to get into the, the corral and with the other cows that they don't want to get into. Amen? It gives them a slight bit of incentive. It doesn't hurt them. Come on, Ireland. You know, it doesn't hurt them. It just gives them a little bit of incentive. Amen? But I tell you, every time you pop a cow, every time, you it doesn't matter if you have a stick and you push them or if you have the electric one, every time you push them in a direction they don't want to go, you know what they do? They kick at it. Why not? I kick you if you get close enough. You know, but they kick at it. They kick at it. Like get away from me. You know, they try and knock that, that that stick out of your hand. They'll try and knock that that cattle prod out of your hand. Why? Because they don't like it. They want to do what they want to do. Amen. They want to do what they want to do. Now, this is the same thing that, that the Lord was talking to Saul. He says, Saul, why you keep why you keep kicking at my cattle prod as, I, as I'm trying to push you in the right direction? As I'm trying to lead you into salvation. I'm trying to lead you into a call. Quit kicking at my cattle prod. Quit kicking at the leading of the Holy Ghost. Quit kicking at the things that I'm trying to do for you. Cause I'm telling you there, I have a great destiny for you and you have to fulfill it. Quit kicking at it. Quit kicking at it. Amen. Quit kicking at the goad. I'm telling you, I, I love that. I mean, how, how many people in the church do this? I mean, how many times the, the, the Holy Ghost is sitting there trying to prod us? Yeah, no, no, go to the right. No, no, go to the left. No, back up! No, shut your mouth! Quit talking! Quit talking! Just listen to me! Just listen to me! Just listen to me! Just listen to the word! And he keeps prodding, keeps prodding, and we keep on kicking. Yeah, yeah. you don't know what you're doing, you know? No, no, I don't. I I want want to go this direction. Quit trying to quit, quit trying to move me over there. I want to go this direction. Amen. The Lord says it's dangerous. It's dangerous to keep kicking against the prick. It's dangerous to keep kicking against the leading of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, when we keep kicking against those things, it can cost you your job, it can cost you your family, it can cost you your provision, it can cost you your life. Church, the Holy Ghost sees the snares in front of us. Now, although we don't see it, he sees it, just like the donkey, just like the donkey talking to, to Balaam. He, he saw these things. He's like, I'm, I'm trying to get you out of the path of getting injured, of getting hurt, but Balaam's beating the donkey because he doesn't, he doesn't see these things. Church, we've got to get to the place where we see, where we listen, where we yield unto the Spirit of God because he's not, he's not putting you in, the, in harm's way. He's trying to get you out of that direction. Yeah, you know, I had this, when I first got into ministry, you know, I hear all these people all the time. Oh, oh you're, you're going to make a great pastor. You're going to be a pastor. I can't, I want to go to your church. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be a pastor. And I kick against that. Get behind me, Satan. Yeah, you know, there ain't no way I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a businessman. I want to be in the ministry. But I'm not going to do that. Amen. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost keeps prodding. Keeps prodding. He'll keep prodding. And get you into that, and get you into that position where you can hear from him, and you will, <laughs> and you'll yield to what he has today. Church, we need to we need to get to that place where we're not so spiritual lazy. Amen. That we, but we'll we'll hear what the Lord has to say. You know, you know, you, you ever wondered why? You, anyone known here where the where some of the greatest revivals are going on right now? It's in the Middle East. You know, among, amongst the Muslim nations. You know, God is visiting people in dreams and visions like every day thousands of people have met Jesus. Why is that? Because his Christians are kicking against the prod. I'm not going over there. Those people want to kill me. I don't want to go. They don't like me. I'm not going to go preach Jesus to these people. I'm telling you, he's, he's having to go and visit these people in dreams and visions because Christians keep on kicking against the prick. Amen? Because we're not doing what the Lord... You know, we we get irritated when the Muslims come to our nation. I say, thank God they're coming over here. Thank God God has opened up the door to bring them over here to where we can teach and we preach the gospel to them because we definitely ain't going over there. You know, we're definitely not doing the things that that he had asked us to do. How dare we put our life on the line for the gospel? Hmm. Altro me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. All right, I'll end with this. And Saul, and Saul arose, and Saul arose, and he came into the earth. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. Listen, his eyes were closed. Maybe uh, you want to come on. You want to come on up? Yeah, yeah, just for a sec. Yeah, yeah. Help me, help me finish this, or I'll, or I'll keep on, or I'll, I'll keep him here for another hour. Amen. Now, listen. In our, in a, in our uh, spiritual visions, we will have a. We don't see through our natural eyes. We see through our spiritual eyes. I mean, probably the greatest, y'all got time for one story? One more story? I think, I think I should say one more, maybe. One more story here. Probably the greatest vision I have probably ever had that is probably, I say, the most significant to me. It would have been, I would, I would consider it a trance. Now, it, now what was it? it? It was my call that God gave to me, amen? Now, I just stepped out of ministry, the ministry I was involved with, and I was seeking God, and I was, you know, Lord, what, what do you have for me? Because see, I thought I was gonna be with this one ministry for the rest of my life. You know, I loved it, I loved the people. It was huge. I was, I was high up in the ministry, and, you know, I got, to, I, was, got to, I got to do a lot of great things with them, and I thought I was gonna, and, and Lord just said, you need to walk. So I picked up my stuff and I walked. I didn't ask any questions. I just, I left. And lost all of my friends in, in the midst of doing it. Amen. And as I was praying, I was, I was seeking the Lord. I said, you know, Lord, what what is it that you'd have me do? I mean, why, why did you have me lead this? Why, where, what, would you, what would you have me to do? I mean, you yeah, know, my business was booming, doing great. You know, it's like, what do you have me to do? And, he, and instantly I was gone. I was just gone. And I became, and I, and I, and I remember sitting on a rock. I mean, I, I can see that. How many of y'all know that, that spiritual things, it's just like you had it yesterday. It's not, I mean, this happened years ago and it's like, it's like I had it last night. I can see it with that clarity. I mean I was sitting there on a rock with Jesus. I'm just talking and I'm, I'm saying the same thing. Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do? I and mean, I, I worked hard. I, you know, it caused even problems in our marriage, you know, as, as, as often as I was gone with these things, you know, what, what, what is it that you want me to do? Why did you have me walk away from that? Because I know I'm called to be in ministry, you know. And he simply said, I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to feed my sheep. And I was like, God, Lord, I have no problem with that. I have no problem. As soon as I retire, Lord, as soon as I retire, you know, about 65, I'll be ready. Now, if you want me to go even 55, if you want me to retire early, I'll retire early at 55. And I'll, and, and I'll, and I'll, do, I'll do everything you want me to do. And I knew what he was asking me to do. And but you know, Jesus, he didn't rebuke me. How many of y'all know that? That's a, that's how that's how good our God is, and He didn't say, "You idiot, are you listening to me?" No, He just goes, he has, he, has, "He has looked." And I remember looking looking from this rock, and I looked down, and I could see this estuary and this river, and then I could see this town, and I knew this is where you know He was you know saying, "I want I want you to I want you to minister, I want you a pastor, I want you to do this." I said, oh. "I said oh, I'll do it." And then over the next couple of years, He kind of worked on me and kind of you know got more of a. Uh, a sense of an emergency, I guess, built on the inside of me to get me willing to, to to walk away from business and and step into what he had for me. But but I was walking as we moved over here. Let me let me go that direction. As we moved over here, you know, Kimberly and I were going to many different places around this area. I mean many of you have heard this before, but we were we were traveling to Galway, Kerry, you know, Dublin. We went to all different places praying and seeing where God would have us. And I can remember always trying to look for the high spot. Right? And I'd wanna look over the town and and uh, I'd say, Man, can't believe that that looks almost just like it. Almost. and she goes, Well well is, is that the is that the picture you saw? I said, No. And she was like, Oh yeah. She just didn't think anything about it, you know. And I was like, but it's real close. I mean, I don't know if it had to be exactly like, I don't, I don't know, you know, if it had to be just like that, you know, but, but uh, I'd look for it everywhere we went. And then the Lord said, you know what? I said, what's, uh, you know, and I started asking him about places he wanted me to go. And you know, finally, I said, well, Lord, would you have me to go to Dundalk? And he said, well, it's about time you asked me that. And, and what did I do with that word? I, walk, I, I left everything, sold the house and came up here met Bernie and Kevin back there and they prayed with us for, for months. I mean, those people, were, those people were powerhouse prayers back there. You know, but they prayed with us and prayed with us, believed God with us. You know, that man laid hands on this building for weeks at a time, you know, before we ever purchased it. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, there's some great people like Kimberly was talking about that have been raised up through the, through, uh, through the ranks here in Dundalk. I'm telling you, thank God for family. Thank God for family. Amen, I got, but I, as, as we got up here, you know, we, we got the church going, everything's going, me and Kimberly, we, about a year later, we're walking up in the hills, or as y'all call it, mountains, we're walking up in the mountains, and, and, uh, and I was sitting there walking with Kimberly, just praying in the Holy Ghost, just praying and, and chatting and doing, doing what we do, and, and the Lord said, hey, go on up there about 10 more steps and take, take a look to your right. I said, okay. So I was, I was sitting there walking, took about 10 steps, and I looked to her right and instantly, poof, I saw that exact picture. I saw that exact picture looking, looking down that mountain right over the estuary into this beautiful city of Dundalk. And I'm telling you, it's like the Lord has melted my heart. But, but I want to tell you, church, that's not why I came here. It wasn't because of the vision that he gave me. It was because of the spirit of God that was on the inside of me that said, go, church, we need to trust You need to trust in what the Spirit says. You say, well, what what happens if He never showed you to it? I I can care less. It it wouldn't wouldn't have mattered to me if I ever saw that or if I didn't. Why? Because I knew with 100% right here of what the Lord's asked me to do. And there was no pushing back. There was no, "No, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I'm going to go a different direction. No, you just know that you know that you know because you got to be sold out to when He tells you to do something. It doesn't matter if you like it. I'm telling you, it's right. It doesn't matter if you think you can do it. I'm telling you, it's right. Church, we got to get to that place where we learn to listen to the Spirit of God speaking to us. Amen. Because there is a Bible precedence, a biblical precedence to have angelic visits, to have dreams, to have visions. There is a, there is a, there is a biblical precedence for it, church. But, but this right here has to override everything. That's to override everything. You say, why would it override that? Because see, even, even the adversary, even, even Satan knows how to, how to come masquerading as an angel of light. This right here, this is why God gave you the Holy Ghost. To keep you, you know, going in the right directions, to move you, to guide you, direct you, to do everything that he's called you to do. But you gotta get to the place where you hear from him. But not just hear from him, you, you yield unto him. You obey him. You do it whatever things may look like. Amen? Hopefully that helped you a little bit today. Who, Father, we thank you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your leading. Lord, I thank you for the leading of your spirit. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. Lord, and we as a church, we as a body, As a pastor of this church, I say we give you permission, Lord, to to lead us in everything we do. Lord, correct us when we need correcting. You know, move us when we We thank you for the cattle prod. Lord, and we'll keep our feet on the ground. Lord, we will stop kicking against your leading. We'll We'll start yielding into your leading. Lord, we thank you for that opportunity. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the Spirit of God. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for you. Father, your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your love and your compassion. Lord, may it ever be evident to your children. And Father, as we exit out of our house today, Lord, we take a hold of Psalms 91. As the tradition of our church is, that no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. Lord, for we, we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Well, we thank you that, the, that your arms are like wings of a bird covering up her chicks. We thank you that you protect us. Lord, we thank you if we have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. We glorify you for it. We thank you that we're protected in everything that we do. We're protected on the roadways, the motorways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, the walkways, Lord, that no no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come against us to harm us. We thank you, Lord, for our church. We thank you for our family. Lord, we thank you for our jobs. Lord, we thank you for the provision. We thank you for the the bonuses. We thank you for the advancement and the job places that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for the ministers that you placed in this house. We thank you for everything that you have provided for us. And we walk out of this church, Lord, walking in faith and love towards you, walking in love towards one another, walking out of here as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at the Island Church, we are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen.